Here at Cast9 Studios, my living room table, if anybody wants to know, we enjoy the little things in life. We like bugs and microbiology and details. Let me rephrase that. We love details. And as it turns out, the story of caterpillars has all of those things. So here's part two of our caterpillar series. Consider the caterpillar again. Welcome to Cast9. Have you ever seen the classic 1986 movie, Alien? Do you remember that part where the alien bursts out of the abdomen of the astronaut? Keep that in mind. Now imagine you're a caterpillar. Imagine you have your mindset on chowing down on some nice, fresh leaves. Verdant, large, juicy leaves dripping with dew, glistening in the matutinal sunlight. You're as happy as a caterpillar could be. As you contemplate your day, you look over your gentacular bounty. Then it happens. In an instant, you're pinned, paralyzed. You got a wasp on you, injecting something into you, and you think it's over. You think you're about to be shoved off this mortal coil. And then the wasp leaves. It's over. A few minutes later, you're back to normal. You can move again, and you start eating, thinking to yourself how incredibly fortuitous it was for you to be snatched out of the jaws of death. Or jaws of the wasp, as it was. Until a few hours later. Then you start to feel a gnawing sensation. No, it's not regret or doubt. It's an actual gnawing. You realize all too clearly that you weren't spared. You didn't get away. This nightmare of a scenario happens all the time to caterpillars. Never mind the anthropomorphic description of the caterpillar. It probably doesn't have the capability of understanding what just happened to it. We do, though. And what happened to it is pretty creepy and kind of gross. I'd like to point out that I'm not trying to make this story scary. I just thought it'd be really cool to explain it in this way. In a move that I'm sure would make Jess and Christy at the Bug Chicks proud, I'd like to make a disclaimer. I cannot stress enough that we don't have to fear these awesome insects. They're only parasitic to caterpillars. Unless you're like some sort of sentient caterpillar species listening to this, the only thing you have to express concern about is making a wasp mad at you and it stinging you or something. The wasp that just attacked our lovely caterpillar is a type of parasitic wasp. When you think of human parasites, it's hard not to jump right to the enteric parasites. Hookworms, roundworms, tapeworms, those guys. They aren't true worms, and they aren't related to each other. They are intestinal parasites that only superficially resemble each other, and come from different phyla and genera. They are, however, accessible examples of parasitic behavior. Viruses, too, are considered parasites. More particularly, intercellular obligate parasites, meaning the parasite cannot reproduce outside of the host, and in this case, cannot even reproduce outside of the host's cell, and requires the cell's machinery to replicate. Viruses are fascinating to me. The reason is because of their simplicity, and because viruses aren't considered alive. We'll consider the reason why in another episode. For simplicity's sake, consider the virus as a box, Inside the box, there are instructions. And all the instructions tell you are how to make a box, copy the instructions, and put them in a box. We'll expand the metaphor in another episode, but for now, it's a decent way of looking at a virus. Hopefully, I've done my job and whet your appetite for a future episode. But back to parasites. 
Parasites are organisms that derive their nutrients from a host at the host's expense, and in many cases, the parasite literally eats the host. This is true of parasitic wasps. After the wasp lays its eggs inside the caterpillar, the eggs hatch and start to eat the caterpillar, and eventually they'll eat their way out of the caterpillar. And here's where I'll make a distinction. This type of behavior makes the wasps technically parasitoids, not merely parasites. A parasitoid like these spends a significant amount of its life as a parasite, mostly in its developmental stages, but ultimately stops being a parasite. The distinction gets a bit fuzzy between parasites and parasitoids, but they are distinct at the extreme ends of the spectrum. These wasps, however, are clear examples of parasitoids. For those of you playing along at home, you can Google parasitoid wasp to find videos of wasps laying eggs into caterpillars and videos of those larvae eating their way out of the caterpillar. You'll notice that in these videos, there are some differences in the behavior of the wasps. Some wasp species drag the caterpillar into holes in the ground and seal it shut. Others leave their eggs in the caterpillar and fly away, allowing it to eat and continue on its merry way. Oh, and one more thing. I didn't bring up viruses just because I like them, although I do. They play an interesting role in this story. We'll go a little deeper into biology and microbiology in the next episode. Trust me, it's pretty cool. It's one of the two stories that inspired the whole concept of this podcast. Stick around for it and make sure to listen to the interview episode with Rich Condit for even more details. Special thanks to Night Moves for allowing us to use their song Carl Sagan as our intro and outro music. You can find their music on iTunes and you should probably go buy it, like right now. Like right now, especially if you like Carl Sagan. Hey, thanks for listening. We have so much more to share with you guys. We have interesting stories, interviews with scientists, interviews with other science-minded podcast hosts, and a ton more. Don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for this season of Cast 9.